0: One of the wrestling worlds. This is the Arts Wrestling podcast. Your only wrestling podcast that gives you anything you want. If it's AEW, WWE, New Japan, all the big guys, all the little guys. This is the big guy, Rich. On the other lines, we got Dow the Mastermind.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody?
0: And we got the one only Nicholas Jason Lopez, aka N.J.L., aka the night that runs the site. A.K.A. I don't know what other fucking nicknames you have, so I'll just let you take it away to describe your, uh, electronic children, I guess you could say,
2: that you run the two sites of? Uh, yeah, electronic children. I kind of like that. I'm going to put that on the t-shirt somewhere, somehow. Wow. Children. Uh, hopefully, something good will come of it. Uh yes yes uh, greetings greetings I am the end in RSN Uh, I think that can also be a potential (laughs) but uh (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah uh, piggybacking off of what uh, Rich just said we are a three man wrestling podcast going strong since twenty fifteen. Uh, we give you everything you want, uh, just not chocolate. We we don't have those kinds of capabilities, but, um, you can listen to us talk about wrestling. I mean, that'll make up for it, for
0: sure. So that's I heard, you can give candy to kids. You get arrested, so we don't give away candy. I like candy,
1: though. And we're talking about a certain person that did get caught up in a lot of media stream heat, I would say. A certain dream. We'll talk about that in a few, but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Wait,
2: was, uh, yeah. your electronic children that electronic you children. Take yep. oh yeah, my electronic children. Oops, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Uh, yes, I have been to own and run two websites. Uh, first one, well, for pro wrestling purposes, uh, is prowrestlingopinion.com. dot com. Post a lot of reviews, news, all that fun sorts of stuff. Uh, if you're looking for reviews on old shows, uh, throwbacks and whatnot. feel free to check it out, um, I've done WCW Uncensored no. 5, ECW Guilty is Charged 2001, uh, I believe WCW in there somewhere, uh, from 2000, I believe, uh, I don't even know for sure, the show is so bad that I almost lost my memory, um, Any show uh, 2015, 2016, start of 2017 on Mainstream Circuit is there for your reading pleasure and uh, if you need some musical (coughs) accompaniment. To that, uh, you can hop on over to the Music Beagle, which is my other website, uh, where I post about up-and-coming artists in all genres, and, uh, there's a pretty good chance that you'll scroll down the home page of the Music Bugle, and you won't know any of those artists. Well, time to get acquainted. Music Beagle is your music fixed. Welcome home. But going back to what you said about
0: your electronic children and you forgetting them, would not be the first time a professional wrestler or a fan forgot their kids. Kurt Angle did it for about twenty-five years.
2: Yeah, the cruelty. Oh, well, he later forgot all about them too until about twenty-sixteen.
0: All of what thirteen kids that he has, but now he only has two apparently in TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call it.
2: Yep. I can say that,
1: yeah. I mean, on top of the fact, it's not unlike, uh, you know, May Young and The Hand and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like that where it's like, oh, you know, you show up in one random episode and then, oh, okay. You know, it's the 25th anniversary. It's the, you know, the 1,000th episode or the 25th anniversary. And then, oh, you're all grown up. Oh, I had a son. I didn't know that. Cool. Some bullshit like that, you know. I mean. That's wrestling for you. Yeah. Anyway. That's wrestling for you, man. But, I mean, beyond that, I mean, just, you know. Rich Great just said Yeah. Probably one of, of course, everything storyline definitely. I mean, if we if you believe in kayfabe, we're probably one of the best podcasts out there that actually can break it down in terms of what's going on, and then actually telling you, okay, this was, what's you know, why this is happening, how is it happening, what's the purpose of this, that, and other stuff. I mean, one of the big things, of course, we talked about I think in our previous running the rope series. I would say is kind of about like the whole pandemic, how it affected the wrestling world, shut down shows, not a lot of people can come into the rings. I mean, let's talk about, of course, the new concepts that are coming out now. With the whole economy kind of coming back, everything coming back right now. What do you guys feel about this whole thing with you know, pro wrestling, having shows again, stuff like that, bringing back fans? Or in WWE's case, the Thunderdome? Well, before
0: we start talking about the Thunderdome, I do like the fact that AEW is actually bringing in physical fans. Only 15% capacity, I think they said, up 20 but the only thing with that is they're not going to be able to be ringside, because that's where the wrestlers are going to be. From what I'm hearing, they're going to be more up, and like the I guess you could say the 100 section seats, if you're familiar with seating in arenas, there's the floor, then there's the 100s, the 200s, the 300s, I believe they're going to be in the 100 section. But, of course, it's going to be six feet apart, think, so it's going to be Every two or three chairs, which I think is great. It's a way to
1: start it. Yep. Nick, what about you? What are your thoughts on people bringing back, like wrestling companies bringing back fans, and then also, like let's say, like for example, WWE doing, like let's say, like Thunderdome, for example.
2: Okay. Oh, there's (laughs) there's so much. Oh, I don't even know where to start. Um. Well, uh, within the realm of a worldwide pandemic that is challenging the very essence of humankind and testing the political and, uh, physical and mental strengths of everybody involved, it, I, I, I have mixed feelings on this, because it's like, alright, cool, we want to slowly bring back, uh forms of live entertainment i mean obviously being involved in music vehicle i've kind of gotten to witness firsthand how the music industry has been affected by the pandemic pretty much all live music has been halted Uh, a lot of a lot of places are going to uh, you know live streams and things of that nature so uh, i uh, i wasn't shocked that uh that wrestling would kind of fall under that same umbrella. Uh, I mean, WWE kind of did what they could for the moment with WrestleMania, and uh, and it came to a point to a way, where we weren't sure when they were gonna, you know, be able to tape more shows. They ended up being called Essential, uh, <laughs> and they've been at the Performance Center ever since, except until now. Uh, with this whole I Thunder do that. So my thing is this. We haven't really truly hit a second wave of COVID-19. So while all of these measures of, of slowly bringing back fans is great, I mean, if, if, if you're able to do all that social distancing and all these protocols, and whatever works, excellent. But, you know, we haven't really truly hit, you know, what happens when uh, things get bad again. The the cold weather is approaching. Uh, people are probably going to get sick again. It's going to be flu season. Kind of almost already is flu season. So people are going to start getting their flu shots. So uh, you know you can make these steps, but you know at what cost? And if, it, it's hard not to be a pessimist in twenty twenty. It's just kind of the culture now. So, my thing is this, like, how long before things get bad again are we gonna end up going back to what we were doing before? You know, the, these are the kinds of questions you have to ask. As far as the, dun- the, the Dunderdome, that, 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 I will get back to that one. Uh, but as far as the Thunderdome, uh, something like that, I mean, I guess it's a cool interactive experience for the fans, uh, something unique. But my thing is this, sorry, yeah, it's free, but uh, this was something that we were talking about before we went live, is, uh, you know, if you're paying for it, you know, are you getting the view of how it would look on the monitor, say, if you were at the arena, (laughs) or, you know, know, what am I getting out of signing up for this? I've yet to truly find that out. As far as watching it as a viewer, based on some of the snapshots I've seen of SmackDown, particularly of uh, Braun Strowman standing in the ring with uh, Retribution, and looking at all of the bright, brightly lit monitors surrounding the ringside area, it, it, it's kind of distracting. Like, uh, it, it's—I was looking at the picture, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost—it's really hard to focus on what's happening in the ring because of all of these little squares, bright little squares surrounding, you know. In my peripheral vision. So, you know, that being said, it long is it a long-term solution? I don't think so. And how long can they keep this up for? That's, that's, that's going to be my question. But, you know, as far as, like, show quality, you know, I don't know how it's going to affect things. It kind of would be cool if they did introduce it just to have Retribution kind of, you know, take hammers to all of the monitors because that would be total savagery. So I don't know, maybe this could be, uh, like, a little brief uh, silver lining. Maybe they're testing this out to see how it would work before it's ultimately be a part of the storyline, or if this is something that they're actually really sticking with. You know, it could change how we view live shows uh, in the future for years to come, but I know everybody kind of wants to go back to an original setting, you know, just the good old sit around with your friends and watch the ring. But I don't think we are get back to that anytime soon. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll ultimately see in the long run, you know, how, how it is. But TLDR, it's kind of distracting as a viewer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can add on to that. I think it's kind of like where this is more like a, a stunt for them to boost up the performance and quality of the programming. Like, I guess, you know, it makes the entrances look good. Like I mean, when I was watching SmackDown, I liked the fact that they had they incorporated it into like the graphics of the en- the entrance and stuff like that. They made it into a whole thing. Like we've seen the Fiend entrance, that was pretty cool. Like you know, you saw lasers and all stuff. You saw like you know the part the the screens that were you know used for the fans being part of that whole setup and everything. But it seems like we're in this kind of like uh like if you guys seen Black Mirror, they had an episode where. These guys were in this, like, thing, and then everything simulated. They have a simulated audience. It was kind of like, you know, it was weird. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that I think yeah. that's yeah. the, uh, was that the one with the competition, the singing yeah, competition? Yeah, there was, like, a competition. It was, like, American Idol, I guess, or, I don't know, like... Yeah, like, like that that, that's one of my favorite yeah. episodes. This is what it kind of reminds me of. It's kind of like that kind of setup where it's, like, there's a virtual fan thing, and it's like, okay, you know, this is the experience that you're having now. I mean, it's just the way it is now. You know, COVID-19's here. We really can't do nothing about it, but...
2: I le- I- Unless
1: O.W. really wants to just become Black Mirror. If they want to, yeah. If they but just do Black Mirror, fine, fuck it. Might as well, you know, just virtual experience. Why not? Um, but then I think it's also kind of like, you know, where... And there was reports backstage that the, what'd you call it, Vince was pretty pissed at the fact that there are no fans there. Some of the people in the back, like, that work around the back and everything, writers, they're in a bad mood. But now since they brought back Thunderdome, they brought this whole Thunderdome concept into it, people are kind of more you know uplifted like okay you know there's some hope for this you know something different now we don't always have to be in the performance center there's something else that we can do you know i think they said something about how this uh this setup that they have wwe is giving amway center i think five hundred thousand dollars something like that to just Uh, 490 per 490 four hundred ninety thousand this month four hundred ninety thousand next month that's crazy so i mean there's a lot of money not just going to amway center but then also to florida which is Good you know, for them. almost a million dollars per month's worth of shows. Yeah. I mean, on top of the fact, this whole setup is kind of sophisticated. You look at it, I mean, I think there might be just something they're trying to test out. I mean, they're probably thinking the plexiglass wasn't working. Let's move on to something different. Maybe this might work. Maybe but we can it, tour and... I actually like Yeah. I actually like the plexiglass with the,
0: the wrestlers behind it. Yeah. The only thing I don't like that WWE is doing, that AEW isn't. Yeah. They're telling... They, WWE is telling... The performance center superstars, yeah, who to for and who to boo for. AEW is just whoever the fuck you want to cheer for. Go ahead,
1: yeah. If you want to boo them, go ahead. Nick Nick brought this up in previous shows. I think it was a whole cue cards cue card setup. Yeah,
2: yeah. That and um, I I want to say I think WWE has improved upon it just a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but I've seen something on the internet. Uh, like uh, early on. There was a a meme going around of someone in an Iconic shirt booing the Iconics, and it's like, um, what? (laughs) That doesn't quite make sense, but, you know, it still is kind of coming across like a, a corporately approved, you know, this is what we want, how you guys want to come across, cheer everybody you're supposed to cheer for, and boo everybody you're supposed to boo. Whereas AEW is just naturally more organic, and, uh, you know, that's something that they got down pat from the get-go, and they never really had to tweak anything for it, but, you know, they're working with the circumstances. So FW is just kind of creating their own video game audience um, that doesn't really interact with the show, and it's kind of just there to fill up space and, uh, and sound. That's so right. that's kind of been my take on it. Uh, now...
1: Uh, uh I can't I, I mean watching the two I, I, I truly believe
2: I think aew is is the better show only because of the energy level and I think the ringside you know the crowd has to do a lo- uh, a lot with that you know it's uh, say what you want but at the end of the day it's all about how you enjoy the show and uh, I think aew is doing just a little bit more. Um, not to say that NXT isn't great because, I mean, NXT is NXT, I'm not going to sit here and dispute that, you know, the quality isn't still as good Uh, it it probably has gone down a touch, but that was probably going to be expected given the uh, week after week after week uh, general television sparring with uh, another wrestling company that's right, right across the other channel so, um but I, I, I think AEW is bringing something every single week that uh, maybe NXT is is just missing. Like they're just missing the mark. Yep. But they're both pretty very good, solid shows. For for to, to not be very good, it, it, you know, it's uh, it kind of speaks dividends that in uh, you know like AEW is ninety eight percent and uh, NXT is ninety six percent. If yeah. you really want to judge quality. That's, That's just right. kind of how I see it
0: at the moment. That's right. Well, in your opinion, both of you guys, like, will all three answer? Who has the better quality since the pandemic started? AEW.
1: AEW. Unanimous.
2: Just they know the what passion. to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think they it's also... Yeah, like they, a, yeah, they can also yeah. go out to other realms that WWE can't. Because WWE is always going to have an excuse for, oh, we can't do it this way, we can't do it this way. They had this whole thing where, where I think majority of their staff were tested positive for COVID. That's bad press for them. They're like, oh shit, we want to be good on our press and everything. Whereas AEW is just like, listen, we're starting out, we can do whatever the fuck we want.
0: You know, we going to be honest, I recognize it. You guys might agree with me. The way I I'm like the way I'm looking at AEW, all the creative is looking at it from a fan's perspective of what the fan actually wants. That's right. And that's come
2: from just being who they are and, and seeing where they come from. Uh, it's pretty easy to kind of but, stay within those waters and, and create a product that people are going to get behind. And, right. I you mean, know, uh, obviously everybody was worried when the pandemic started how wrestling would be affected, but, you know, AEW kind of proven that they can kind of take, uh, take the ball and, and run with it. Uh, you know, the tornado can strike... And their house will, you know, may get a little bit damaged, but it's still standing. Uh, Whereas, kind of WWEs, you know, uh, they kind of lost their foundation a little bit, and they're trying to hold it together with their bare hands, which can only last for so long. That's kind of what the struggle feels like. Like I mean,
0: yeah, Cody has booked himself over the last seven months, eight months, losing only one match this year, but. Out of those matches that he has won, look at the match quality. Who do you face, Mark Quinn or Isaiah? I I forgot. I think it was
2: Isaiah. Yeah, I think it was Isaiah. No, no, I think it
0: was Quinn. Yeah, it was Quinn. With an injured ankle, Mark Quinn still put on a
2: fucking great match. The match and Kingston, great fucking match. And I, oh, kind of- I knew Kingston back from Shikara and like. 2010, 2011, so he's come a long way for sure. But in the match against Scorpio Sky was bull. I think, I personally think that was Scorpio's
1: best match in AEW. I think, but, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, but I think, uh, like, would you guys say that this whole open challenge concept of him just winning every single week? It's really just burying wrestlers. Like if you look at let's say like compared to to Triple H back in the day when he used to wrestle, he used to go ahead and actually bury people and people say he has that reputation like, oh, everybody that was put against him, he would bury them. And it's kinda like I think that's where the argument comes from. It's like, you know, this guy's a champ, he's holding the title, he has his open challenge, and we're expecting to cheer for him, but you know, it's kinda like he's burying everybody. What did you guys say? A rebuttal for you on that one. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not arguing with you or nothing. Yeah.
0: But could, I just want you to answer this question for me. Yeah. Who has Cody really buried since this challenge though? It's just a
1: loss. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I think that's another thing too. That's not it's not like where he's burying them.
0: And, and I think
2: it's yeah. between losing the patch and actually buried. Exactly. Tripped, um been buried. I mean the, the 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 term buried is uh I feel like it's the wrong term of, uh, to use here.
1: But it might be an extreme. I, would say. I, I
2: can't help but feel like you know, going into a Cody match, you know, these days, it's like, oh, well, he's clearly gonna win. Let's see how good his opponent does. I kind of it, its got kind—it's—it's it's losing its uh, predictability factor, and uh, you know, when I go into a match, I kind of want to have an idea of, oh, you know, well, it could really go either way. Cody winning with uh, of, of the exception of one, uh, it really kind of takes away from that. So, uh, while it is giving us good matches, not going to disagree, but uh, you know, the train is, is kind of nearing to the last stop, and I just kind of hope that they do this carefully. Because right. it'll, it'll eventually drag the show down. You can only have so many standout matches with up and comers before people really start to interest. And it's tricky waters. AEW's managed to do good so far, but I'm I'm sure the hardcore fans know that, you know, um, Cody's going to win in the end, because that's just kind of how it's been booked lately. So be careful waters they're treading, but you know, hopefully they have the wherewithal to do what's necessary to get out of it okay. In your guy's opinion, who do you think he's actually going to drop the title to?
1: I think it's, I mean, for me, I think it's hard to say. I think it's just, he's probably going to hold on to that title for a while, and then they're probably just going to build it up to... That's
2: the, yeah, the, that's the struggle of a weekly challenger, is that you can't really build up anybody, you know, uh, to be a, a credible threat. You only you get to maybe five minutes of teasing, near fall. So that's, an, that's another aspect of it, too. So how long can they keep it going? I would, I would love to have somebody build up, you know, in a proper way to kind of uh, be shown as a threat to Cody's title. And not just these weekly challenge matches, because, uh, you know, as good as they could be, you know, it's going to get tiresome after a while. Uh, but something I did want to bring up, um, and I know MJF obviously won't be <laughs> in that discussion, he's kind of rightfully in the main event even though he kind of has that challenger of the month, uh, feel to him, but the, the campaign thing is, is as great as, as it could possibly be. Anybody who follows him on Twitter, it, it's, the, it's, one of the most funniest things going. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you have to, you, you know, it, an MJF title run is, it could be very easily done. Um, it's just a matter of if they pull the trigger or not. That I don't know for sure. Um, but it's been, it's been a fun ride, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's it will be a
1: worthy main event. That's right. Yeah. I mean, with, with with him, with MJF, I think there's a lot of good stuff going on with the, with all these guys doing everything. Like, if you see, they kind of, uh, they, they went up against something, I think, but people were making big comparisons with something that was happening in WWE that was similar to MJF. I forgot really what it was. But they were kind of going back and forth with it. Or I think it was, no, 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 it was a, People were saying that how MJF's address thing, well, the address segment was kind of similar to what EC3 did a couple of years ago in Impact. He did a similar kind of thing, and then they were going to okay. criticize, saying, "Oh, you guys are stealing that."
0: They copied Impact Wrestling because uh, EC3 did the exact same
2: thing. Yeah, like twenty fifteen. Yep, and a lot of people forget that. Yeah,
1: and I think it's. But I at
2: think- the same, I mean, at the same time, though, it's it's it's. Uh, it's hard to, you know, I appreciate that they kind of, uh, one up them a little bit because, uh, whereas EC3, I think it was, like, uh, maybe, like, a, a couple of weeks, uh, give or take. They've kind of done this MJF campaign thing long enough, and, uh, obviously between 2015 and 2020, you, you managed to get a lot more advanced on social media. You can welcome in petitions and things like that, so it's a lot more interactive, um, uh, and I think that it, it's 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 a good way to go. I just kind of wish it was a little bit closer to November yeah. to kind of do this. But um, at the same time, it's uh, it's kind of had a slow burn approach to it. As MJF's been saying, we deserve better. I want to say since maybe June or so. So yeah. it's not like they rushed it, but no. at the same time, it's like you
1: they built it they up. Done they, this they gave enough time to build up. I think yeah. But yeah, it's. I think that's one of those segments where it's like this guy, like you know, they can build him up and eventually, like you know, especially now with the whole political climate that it is now. We don't like to get political here. I mean, it's you know, if, if it was like a year later, I think it would have worked for EC three. It would have been great. But now, especially with all the stuff going on, the election, everything, it's perfect right now. It's the perfect time to do this kind of stuff. So it's good on their part to do this stuff now, you know. And um, I mean, of course, they're creating new stars. Whereas WWE, they're trying to create new stars, but it's kind of like they don't have a lot of. You know flexibility. I mean, if you look at all the different people that they
0: got, they don't. Look at the tr- yeah. AEW. Yes, they do have a lot of people from other companies, but there's also a lot of homegrown people.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Just to name a couple people, Darby Dallin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these people I'm naming that will be naming in the next couple seconds yeah. have been from the independents, but. Private Party, MJF, Darby, all thir- all four of those guys, Sammy Guevara, five guys, all under the age of, what, what would you say, maybe 25, 26 years old, yeah. all Same these guys under the age of 25, 26, they have nothing but positive shit to look forward to in the future, compared to NXT and WWE. They're getting people from other companies who are in their early 30s. Late 20s, early 30s. Trying to build them up. I'm not shitting on them, but how much can you really do with Finn Balor? Who came into the company at what, 33 years old? How much can you really do with Ray Wyatt? There's not much you can really do with them. AEW, on the other hand, you have all these Kids, Jungle Boy, Mark, uh, Marco Stone, less than twenty-six years old. They have a good. God forbid, not on what any injuries happen. Their careers could be cut short. If not, you have a good fifteen years to work with a, with these guys.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. I mean, if you, I mean, if, well, I mean, let's talk about in terms of, I mean, what's going on now, like with live events right now and everything like that. With, um, if you look at, like, let's say, like, New Japan, for example, New Japan. I mean, I'll go on a tangent for a little bit and then I'll kind of come back. But, New Japan, of course, they have all these stars, people that left. They, the Kenny's, Omega, the Kenny Omega's left, the AJ Styles left, you know. All these all these big stars that were coming in, New Japan winning their title, have left and gone. Now they have to create new stars now. Now they have to create, you know, the like, beyond just Okada, what? they got to have, like, other people. Like, you know, they have, I think they have Hiroshima, who's really trying to build up there. They have, uh, you know, they, 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 yeah, a whole bunch of names there. But it's like, you know, if WWE could do the same thing, even better for them. I'm a big J. So. Yeah, White, though. Yeah, J. White is on fire, too, over there. But it's against, yeah, like, these guys built themselves up over there. And now, like, on, on you know, in, in New Japan, that's where the base is. And then they're coming here, and it's even better for them. I mean, of course, if you look at right now with the whole uh, landscape right now, there's a lot of people that have, uh, that, you know, WWE, for example, Right. Let's look at this weekend even like right now at this time of this recording takeover is about to happen takeover You know, they're, they're trying to build these new stars like you know They have they have uh Punch Martinez, you know, who's on NXT now Trevor Lee, you know But all these guys like, you know, they have it, you know, they have to just throw them into the limelight They can't just go ahead and say okay, we're building up. We're building them up. We're building them up How many more takeovers does it take to build up these guys just throw them in the position they can do it For example, carrying cross right now carrying cross and Keith Lee these guys are having a match a lot of people are saying Oh you know, this might be Keith Lee's exit from NXT. It might It might not be. You never know. It might be that they're trying to build up Cross. You never know. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, this this whole buildup that they're having, you know, that's what WWE, they have a very, very stagnant kind of build and they're not really capitalizing on all the stuff that they have. You know? Let me ask you guys but, this with this, like, before I start, you know? Yeah. yeah. But,
0: like, I love Johnny.
1: Great yeah. fucking talent.
0: Great wrestler. Gargano, yeah. How many takeovers can you put this guy on, though? Exactly. This is what, how many is this now? Eighteen, I think he's been on.
1: Yeah. Well, he like, is Johnny Takeover. But the guy is
2: thirty-seven years old, some shit, like three 30, between thirty-five and thirty-eight. How much See, my more? Th- my thing is this, though. Um, he's come a long way as well. Um, like I said, I remember back from Chicago, in like two 2000- thousand. Nine, two thousand eight, and, and you know, it's not like he was just brought over here like a carry and cross, you know, big name. He arguably made himself in NXT, so he's he's earned the title he's had. He's, he's worked through the ranks, you know, earning everybody's respect, and he can work heel or face and still be very good. So when it comes to Johnny, it's like I don't really have that kind of point of view when it comes to him. Because if it wasn't for NXT, he wouldn't have the status that he has now. And it's not like he was a big name elsewhere. He, you know, grinded it out over here in the company. So, you know, I, I think, you know, let the, let the guy have his moment. You know, use him as much as he can.
1: Yeah. You, never,
2: you don't know how much longer he's going to have.
1: That's right. I mean, also to add on huh? to that, there's, a uh, you know, WWE just released, the, the you know, all the other uh, promotions. Progress, Evolve, WXW, and they put them on the network. So I guess it's kind of like, you know, now they're going towards that route. It's like, you know, let's not just have, you know, the Randy Orton's, the you know the people that we established, but also let's bring in other people that have made it in the Indies and then bring them onto to the main screen. But
0: what I was saying was I have nothing against Johnny, but give him some time on the main roster, though. Like, how many takeovers can you put this guy on?
1: But you got to take give this into account, too. But Rich, you got to take this into account, too. They did the same thing with EC3. They did the same thing with Cedric Alexander, Leo Rush. They did the same thing with Humberto Carrillo. All these guys that were quote unquote when they come on the roster, Vince's toys, quote unquote. Now they're like you know either they got released, they're in mid card spots. You know, do you really want to see Gargano in that spot though? That's what I'm kind of thinking. It's like the
0: the worst one that you named is probably Ricochet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's they they dropped the ball with this guy. Like exactly, it's the same right. thing. And I think that's the thing with Gargano. Like, if you go to the main roster, what if they do the same thing to him? It's the same story. Robert, worst one so far. It's the worst, man.
0: Besides EC3, Robert Root
1: is probably right there. Yeah. As... Like, real underused. Like, they're not even using them. They're not utilizing them. They're just kind of putting them out there, and they're like, okay, you know. By the way, Yeah.
0: is Robert Root still with WWE?
1: Like, tough. Yeah, Robert Wood's still with WWE, I think, yeah. Maybe he's in
2: Retribution.
1: He's probably in Retribution, yeah. I
2: Look at anybody surprised. who's been off TV for a uh, for a while, and that could be your answer right there. I wouldn't be surprised,
0: to be honest, if it's like people who got furloughed. This is
1: the
2: way that they're bringing them back.
1: Like Sarah Logan, oh. you know. Apparently,
2: Corey Grace is going to
1: call uh, takeover. Really? No, no, Renee Young? No,
0: Sarah's, Sarah Logan's not coming back. She's pregnant. She's doing her own thing now. Right.
1: Well, what about By like, the way, like, uh, Renee Young? To,
0: uh, congratulations to Ray Monroe and Sarah Logan on their pregnancy.
1: Congratulations. Big shout out. But, yeah, I mean, Um, like, what about, like, let's say, like, uh, Renee Young, for example? Like, she's so she's not calling NXT TakeOver, then?
0: Yeah, see, tomorrow's her last day. That's crazy, man.
2: Well, she doesn't usually call TakeOver, it would be Beth Phoenix. It's kind of easy to get the two confused, they kind of sound alike, but, yeah. yeah. That's right. Call SummerSlam, and that's it. Then she's going to AEW. Well, we don't know that one for sure
0: yet.
1: Yeah, but what do you you guys think that is really from? Was it just from, uh, like, they're just tired of Renee Young, or do you feel like it's the whole COVID-19, like her announcing and everything?
2: It could be the COVID-19. Look how poorly they handled it, and then she caught it. And she got
1: heat for it, probably. That's probably why, right? I think she's
0: leaving by choice.
2: But it seems like she's leaving by choice. doesn't sound like it's anything uh, other than amicable on both ends, so Mm -hmm. I'm thinking it's it's probably, you know, she's been around for a while. So I think she just has to
1: go to AEW. Everybody's not gonna
2: stay there forever.
0: Yeah, she said she got offers from ESPN and Fox. Yeah, to all actual sporting
1: events. Definitely. Paul Heyman was saying how she's probably one of the most like valued sports casters, I would say, in all of you know sports right now. Like, if uh, she's the most highest in demand right now compared to anybody else. If you bring, only- Mac- yeah.
0: That has been highly requested, but she already signed somewhere.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's someone else who left WWE about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Charlie Caruso.
1: Yeah, and also who? I think Dasha Fuentes is on AEW also, right?
2: Yes, yeah, she is.
1: Dasha. Yeah, a lot of these people. Like, and then I mean, of course, just to be piggyback off of that, I think recently there were rumors. Like, this is right before, like, during SummerSlam weekend, right before it, that some stars were contacting AEW to say, "Hey." We want a job there, which is kind of like, again, it's like, what's, you know, why are you why, why do you guys think that they're doing this? Why do you guys feel like there are some people that are like, yo, I want to go to AEW, like now yeah. of all times. Question.
0: Can I answer? Yeah. It's, nice. it's a very simple answer because they know they're going to get utilized properly.
1: But they still have like long-term contracts on, and like, it's kind of like, you know, I think WWE used the kind of the the pandemic. That's kind of like an opportunity. They kind of said, okay, we released all these other guys. You know, you guys are in this company for a reason. You know? So it's kind of like, you know... They're maybe, getting shit on me. Like, yeah. So maybe they're trying to go ahead and send that message out, but then these guys are like, we're underappreciated, we're frustrated, let us leave too. We're ready to leave. Do
0: you know why is afraid though? It's AEW. Is it?
1: Cause
0: they didn't think that there would be another company to actually compete with them. That's true. Because now, yeah, back then you had Ring of Honor, who was a very high-ranked company. You had DNA, who was... Well, they
2: did enough to be considered number two back in like 2010 that they messed that
0: up. But now you have a legit jumpstart company who has been around for a little over a year now who everyone wants to go to. All the fans rather watch AEW than NXT, except for what five weeks. I think NXT
2: beat AEW in the ratings, and they had to put on some really good shows for that one. Yeah,
1: they have to really but, like they have to go throughout their wheelhouse. They gotta say, all right, let's we gotta put everything into it. Like I remember that week when they had the bash, there was so much build to it. They said, nah, we have to go ahead and kill them in the ratings.
0: But a legit competition now. Yeah, with AEW. That's right where NXT and WWE are literally shitting their pants, like, holy shit. We could lose ABCDE to go to AEW, and they could be big stars.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: That's why they want to try to utilize as many people as possible, which why I think they're bringing Shane in as the head, of, the head producer of Raw, which... Now, people are understanding why
1: raw underground is the thing now. Yeah. Well, what do you guys thoughts about this whole shoot style wrestling that's going on?
2: Uh, <laughs> it uh, it feels like it wants to be Fight Club, but it's not quite Fight Club because it's raw. Yeah. It's actually full TV time now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I gotta say this that 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 shoot match that they have with Dolph Ziggler and uh, I think it's Eric Ivar, right? That was uh, kind of. That was kind of interesting, I was like, no lie, I was like, wow, I was like, holy shit, Dolph Ziggler actually outclassed him, I was like, oh, wow, it's pretty interesting. But then all that other shit with was, Nia Jax... I was Roger Strong's wife, though. Yeah, like Maria Shafir and all that stuff. Like, you know who she fought, by the way? You no, know, she was about to fight, but then they, then Nia Jax came in and... She actually you know, fought someone, though. No, probably the week before, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, Maria Shafir
0: fought Brandy Lauren... Right, right, yeah, 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 so, right, right. so I think, yeah, right, right. Girlfriend. Right. She fought Jodie Cannell's girlfriend, and that's when Nia Jax came in. Mm-hmm.
1: And then she interfered, and that. see, that, that I don't understand that. Like, they're supposed to have this continuity about, oh, you know, come in there, and do this, and then they just totally just offshoot and say, oh, no, we're going to do this to go ahead and build off of this storyline that we randomly have, which is like, come on, man. And I mean, especially with this whole retribution thing. I mean, you know, we, we talked about the names, who's going to be revealed as the members, right, or whatever, right? And it said that whoever's there is not really a member. It's just, you know, they're trying to build up the storyline. I think it's going to come to the point where are just going to keep on bringing Retribution in. And I'm kind of asking myself, like, okay, so when are they going to reveal who is run, who's running Retribution? Are they even going to? It might just be, like, to the point where it's like, oh, you know, it's like a same, same situation as, oh, we build this up. And, oh, the general manager is Hornswoggle. Oh, whatever. Throw it out. Forget it, you know?
0: To actually get some unmasked things is at Raw Underground.
1: Yeah. They haven't connected. I thought they were going to connect both storylines, like Retribution and Raw Underground. <laughs> but they didn't do that.
0: Good way to actually unmask people, get some of the guys from yeah. Raw Underground and the women. Yeah, mom. Because apparently there's supposed to be one or two women in, in the, the group. Get them to beat down Retribution and then, boom, unmask. Yeah. Although, Shane is the head of it now, so I can picture him doing that.
1: Though. Right. I mean, if you look at now, like, with the whole, I think, booking-wise and everything, they have some help now. It's not just Bruce Pritchard running, uh, you know, both shows now. I mean, they had it to the point, of course, you brought up that uh, Shane McMahon might be running Raw soon. They, they have... Oh no, it, yeah. It's,
0: it's final. Uh, this coming Monday mm-hmm. is going to be Shane's first official draw by himself.
1: But then uh, but I think they also have helper roles, too I think because they have like a kind of like a locker room like leader kind of role where it's like I think edge is on Edge is helping out for writing for raw and then uh, Daniel Bryan is helping writing for SmackDown, which is pretty good, too I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's not just them because if you look at like there's like a whole bunch of interviews where Bruce, where People were talking to Bruce Prichard and talking about him. Um, they were saying that how he is uh, He's pretty tired. He's he sounds tired. Like when they've talked to him and stuff like that, it's just about like hey casual conversation he sounds tired and everything. He's like, you know, he's frustrated. Right. He's you know oh. it's a lot of stress. I mean, you know, on one guy. Right, five hours of work. It's a lot of writing and a lot of stress. I mean, on top of the fact you have to be Vince's right hand man. And you already know Vince is like he's a machine. He's like, oh like, you know, I'm ready to, you know, write the show for next WrestleMania or something. He's ready for doing that, you know, right there, right in the spot. He's not just gonna be all like, Okay, let's just wait, let's give you a break. He's go, go, go. Hundred percent, let's just keep going. Oh, I want to I want a year worth of writing within yeah. the next week. Yeah. And then he'll just rip it right in, your face, right in front of your face and be like, uh-uh, this is not what I want. And you might have spent an hour, you know, all the blood, sweat, tears, whatever, be like, uh-uh, it's not good enough. So, I mean, I give it hats to Bruce Pritchard for writing the show. You know, he's doing his best. And now, of course, they're bringing other people on. We'll see how that goes, you know. Um, it's I mean, a lot dude, of shit off Bruce, though. Yeah. That's true. They could have. I mean, it's... the
2: the funny thing is, like, whenever I think of show quality, I was going back to Heyman and at least he was building new stars. But oh yeah, his heads with Vince. Uh, I guess besides for the whole bond of storyline, I could I can forgive the quality of the show. Because at one point, you know, bro was was really coming into its own, and uh, you know, it wasn't. I guess it was not long before Heyman would eventually get axed. But it was nice while it lasted. Before that. So uh, you know, frog kind of had a reputation for being really, really bad. <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and thinking back to SmackDown, I, I can't help but feel the last time SmackDown was truly like, you know, oh, you know, I can't really miss this well, was back in like 2016 after the draft. You know, because uh, <laughs> once once it once started going live on Tuesdays and had the reputation of being a show that you know, like oh hey, if actually have people on our roster, let's push them. You know, uh, uh, ever since, you know, that kind of faded away, I feel like SmackDown's kind of lost its touch a little bit. I always feel myself yearning to go back to the days of the initial SmackDown Live. Because that's the last time that the show really felt like it was, you know, truly relevant.
0: Or over from the Saudi trip. Yeah. Everyone I knows that was one of the best SmackDowns yeah. in
1: the past sure. years. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, again, it's that unpredictability factor. If it's just predictable, everybody's just going to be like, all right, whatever. I, I can watch this, you know, I can DVR it. I can watch online the highlights, whatever, you know. Especially in this time where it's like, you know, not everybody's working. Everybody's at home. and There's nothing really on TV. There's nothing really to do. And this is like a prime time kind of thing. Like You know, this is like, oh, wow. You know, nobody has nothing to do. This is a perfect opportunity. Everybody's going to be watching this. But then there's some people that are still like, for me, I personally, like, there's times where I watch Raw and I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to watch the highlights. Fuck it. Or SmackDown was like, I'm just, like, oh, just going to watch the highlights. Fuck it. Forget it. You know? And it's kind of like, you know, it's the same kind of thing where it's like now, especially now with this whole pandemic and everything, everybody's at home. Everybody has time to watch the show. But they're kind of like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll skip it. I'll watch it later on. And that's the thing. Like, you're supposed to have everybody glued to the screens. Like, oh, wow, something big's going to happen. Let me watch. You could
0: say you missed it.
1: Yeah. You could watch it on Hulu. Yeah. A couple
0: years ago, you couldn't, you had to wait a month for it to go onto the WWE network. That's right. So if you missed one episode,
2: you're going to be a month behind. Yeah. Yeah, that was my world.
1: Nick, you know about that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know that.
2: I know
1: that life. I don't like that life. God damn. I'm telling you.
0: That's what I went through in 2016. Once uh,
1: the drafts started happening, and they did pay per views every two weeks. Oh my God, that was and me- trying to keep oh, up with the round Ring of Honor and TNA. Yeah. So remember, every two weeks there was a pay per view. How many shoots oh, we yeah. did? Yeah. There was there was
0: a, a pay per view. There was a, a mini pay per view. There's all
1: this kind of stuff I'm, going
0: on. I'm, I have crazy. a question for both of you guys. Where can these? Uh, listen to our old episodes where there was a pay-per-view every two weeks. So me and Sal had to do shoots every two weeks. Do any of you two know where we could tell these fans to go? Not I'm trying to man. get my
2: thinking cap on. trying, get my, this trying to
1: get my thinking cap too, man. I gotta think hard for this.
0: I think there's a site that someone runs. Yeah.
1: I see three letters, man. Three letters. Three letters that stick out to me. I remember in school I used to go ahead and go on this website. And if I was in the middle of a lecture, I'll be bored and I'd be like, Alright, you know what? Let me just pop on, see what's going on. And I would pop that you know, the white website right there on my laptop while in the middle of the lecture, while the teacher's talking, while the kids in the back are going, What the fuck are you reading? I'm like shut the fuck up. I know what I'm reading. And it would help me. We're all talking about, of course, PWO, Pro Wrestling Opinion. And who's the guy that runs it? Ooh, ooh. Oh, it's none other than NJL, Nick Jason Lopez. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. What a, that's what our, a brilliant idea. That, that's our plugs, yes, yes. But I mean, it's also, I mean, uh, you know, you talk about that and stuff like that definitely on PWO. We used to always have to go through all that stuff where it's like covering these shows. There would be many pay-per-views every single week. I mean, before... Yeah. The the,
2: the year 2016 alone, I believe, had 27 pay-per-views in 12 months.
1: That's a lot of hours of wrestling, folks. A lot of it. Oh, yeah. It's a headache, I can tell you for sure. I mean, and of course, you know, watching these shows and stuff like that, it was hard. But then also covering it, even harder. So that's why, of course, NJL does it for you guys which is, you know, again, a big thanks, big hat, hats tough, you know, to you for that, um, I mean, but right now, they also have, I mean, before we kind of wrap it up, let's talk about SummerSlam, the build, like, what, what you really hope to come out of this, and then also, where's this gonna go, moving forward with the build, I mean, of course, they have Payback coming up, I think, next week, which is kind of interesting, Payback is coming up a week after SummerSlam, it's bring, yeah. It's bringing back bad memories. Which again, they're bringing back those mini pay per views and all the stuff. So wow, it's like oh wow, 2016 all over again. Fine. But then, um, what do you guys feel about the buildup of this? Like the main points, meaning like you know, let's say SummerSlam, WWE title, Universal title, maybe the women's titles, of course, and the women's tag titles. Where do you guys feel like that whole picture is going now?
0: Well, to be honest, I hate that. They're making Oscar fight for two titles tonight. And possibly a third title next week. I pay back.
2: Are they trying to make her run everything? At the same time, though, for the longest time, it felt like Asuka wasn't being used right. So seeing her put uh, kind of become the new Charlotte, I'm not really complaining, because whenever you put Asuka in a match, the match quality automatically goes up. So... I use use the hell out of her. She's like the female Daniel Bryan almost.
1: Yeah, I mean you got looking into the fact that Becky Lynch is out of order. She's you know pregnant and stuff like that. She's getting a kid. Um, Charlotte Flair is out because she has surgery and all that stuff, and also other stuff going on. You know who else is there really that can carry the whole female roster?
0: Um, can I throw two names out who should be three names who should be getting pushed
1: on the WWE roster? Yeah. What do you got, Mike? It's not Tessa Blanchard, Wait. right? What was that? It's not Tessa Blanchard, right?
0: No. Nah. Uh, on SmackDown? Yeah. You'd we'll be pushing Lacey. For sure, yeah. On Raw, Liv Morgan, and Ruby Riott. I think those three women should be pushed.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of... But the thing with... Let's say, like for example, you talk about Lacey, right? They have all this stuff going on. They build up this whole thing about her, you know, uh, having this whole thing with Becky. And then when Becky went out of order, she kind of went kaput, like, totally out there. They turned her heel, turned her face, turned her heel. And then it's like, she's, like, lost in the picture now. And then also if you see, like, let's say Liv, for example, it's the same kind of thing. I think it's just bad booking. Like, you know, they go ahead and have her, you know, in this whole storyline with Lana and, you know, Rusev and Lash, and all stuff. Oh, you know, who's the person that, you know, was a secret lover? Oh, it was yeah, Lana. Like, come on man. And then Lana had to go her separate way, and now she's with Natalia, doing this whole selfie angle and then you got Liv just doing her own thing too. Uh, and that that do you stupid? Yeah, that's just like I think it's just them rehashing all the stuff and just kinda making up and saying, Oh, you know, no one saw that. We saw that.
2: Yeah, the only the only good thing I like about the Ruby Riot push obviously is like actually finally she's winning matches. Like um, seeing the, where she's come from, obviously, uh, with NXT, she had a run, uh, back when Riot only had one T, <laughs> and then she was Heidi Loveless and uh, on the indie scene, so, you know, she, she, she could go, but, you know, for some reason WWE, just because she doesn't look like, a, a, a traditional, I guess, with a traditional athlete, which is funny, because back then, um they used to, used to not get a good push if you weren't a bombshell cutie. Now it's like if you're not, like, an athlete, you know, you know uh, with, with big muscles and your name isn't Becky Lynch, it's almost like you kind of have to work harder to get that spotlight. Okay. And, uh, you know, and, I, and I like Ruby, uh, and that's not just because, you know, I come from, the, the, like, the punk underground kind of lifestyle, like, I, I I know people you know in, in that lifestyle, uh, and that's the kind of music that I listen to. So, kind of seeing somebody represent that kind of thing, you know, that's it's kind of like uh, a toned down version, of Mel, a female version of Alice Black, almost. If they want to go that direction, but it's like uh, she could go. It just you know, it's it's about time that they strap the rocket to her. It, because she could potentially carry the brand if if they really wanted to go that route. And and she's very likable. She just has to make her look good on TV.
0: She's talented as all hell. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I mean, even when you look at, I mean, let's say, like, for example, I mean, let's segue into the main title picture. So they have this thing with Alexa Bliss, The Fiend, Braun Strowman. Kind of, I think falsely trying to introduce Alexa, like Alexa Bliss, as the uh, what do you call it, the Sister Abigail, right? That we've all been waiting for. Like everybody's been hearing about Sister Abigail, Sister Abigail. Where is she? Who is she? Is she really person? Was she just a puppet? Pug. Oh no, it's when Alexa Bliss.
0: Her, a couple of years ago, before the whole Red Pod
1: happened.
0: Yeah. I really thought they were gonna make, as everyone in the Indies remember her which is Nick and all three of us, Basically mm-hmm. Mary Dobson, who is now Sarah Logan. Yeah. I thought yeah. she would have been the perfect sister Abigail.
1: I think it's a number, a number of names. I think Sarah Logan would have been perfect. Nikki Cross would have been perfect because she was insanity at the time, which made sense. Um, perfect. But then Alexa, I'm kind of like, really, you know, what are they really trying to get out of this? Is this just going to be a one-time thing and then they basically just have her go on or shut her out?
2: I hope they actually bring someone in full time as Sister Abigail. Yeah. This is my thing about it. I feel like the whole Sister Abigail thing has been played off for so long, it's like I kinda don't really care oh. anymore about it. You know want to they, they, they can have Alexa Bliss parade around this, this, but it's it's not gonna have the same effect it did back when he actually had a family. Yeah. That two of the three of the original white family members aren't even in the company anymore.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Do you a, remember? Yeah. That Bray dressed up as Sister Abigail? When was that? It was one of his friggin'.
1: Was it with Cena when he was building up with Cena? I think so. Probably. I think it might have been one of those matches. I think. I mean, the thing with the Sister Abigail was yeah. kind of like the unspoken kind of thing. It's like, okay.
0: It was Ori with the. Uh, that fucking stupid-ass match that they had.
1: It was at the house. The house of Horrors match. Right. I think it's just like an Easter egg. I think that's really what it is. It's like, you know, whether they bring it up into the cinematic matches. Like, if you saw the whole last <laughs> cinematic matches that they had with the, uh, you know, Extreme Rules, the Swamp, and all that stuff. And then, you know, she comes out, and it was this whole thing. It was like, oh, I wow. I really like cinematic matches, though. Yes. I really like them. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, break right, the boneyard match. Yeah. The swamp fight. Yeah. I mean, probably in a year oh. in review, we'll be we'll probably have a separate category: best cinematic match. You know of yeah, the year. Well, that's true I believe definitely it should. I mean, it's 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 again one of those things where it's kind of like. But then looking at, back at Alexa, for example, what are they really planning to have with her? Are they going to make her a separate star? Are they going to have her just tied with the Fiend for the time being? And just have her not wrestle. like, And, you know, that's one of the things, too. Like, She's been wrestling, but when is the last time that she held a SmackDown Women's title or a Raw Women's title? It's been a, probably like a long, long time. If you remember 2016, 2017, she was dominating it. She was like a double champ. She was, you know, having, you know, she had the the high, the big spot, you know. And then all of a sudden, it just went, like, you know, just like that. Like, just gone. So, it kind of brings up, it's like, what, what the hell are they trying to do? But let me ask you guys this, with this whole thing, what do you guys feel about SummerSlam in terms of, like, you know, what do you feel is going to be the next step? What are your predictions, basically, for this? I don't know. I mean, for me, I could tell you, I I think they're going to have Braun lose the title. I hope they do. Fiend becomes champ, basically just build that up, and then, you know, they'll probably just have someone else come back. Maybe, I'm hoping, Finn Balor comes back and makes it to the main roster. You never know. Um, And then for the title match, I think Randy Orton's going to win. They're going to build it up with Edge. Edge versus Orton for the WWE title down the line.
0: I can see that. But if you remember a couple of shows ago, I made a whole friggin' prediction with what's going to happen with Edge. If no one remembers it, I'll bring it back up. Edge's gonna come, gonna win against Drew. Yeah. Edge's gonna come back at the Rumble, win the Rumble, set up the final match at WrestleMania. So, right there is a good six months. Six I can see, see that, but. Yeah. Edge,
2: uh, I don't know, because Edge already kind of had his Rumble moment, you know, the comeback. So, if he, uh, you know. Uh, and, and especially that it wouldn't be happening in front of a crowd. Like, I don't even know for sure. Um, and, and the Rumble's not even that far away. It's like uh, in four months, practically. Yeah.
1: So I feel like I they're going to so have... We yeah, can I... see
2: what they're going to do. But for me, to have Edge win the Rumble would be a
1: little bit too easy. Uh, it, it kind of feels the same. Like
2: uh, It wouldn't really different, differentiate from... The moment that he had this past year, so I would hope that they would do something different to kind of set that up. Uh, they could always have Orton win the Rumble.
1: I feel like Brock might win the Rumble this year, they might be it's trying to up. build that up. I mean, you <laughs> never know. I just, yeah, I could happen to have him go after who, though. Have it against anybody, I think, at this point. It could probably be the Fiend. I'm guessing it seems like they're trying to just have the Fiend build up back to where it was like before they fucking buried him when he faced Goldberg, and then eventually just gonna have you know him versus Rock. And it's like, okay, you know, look at this, you know, big showdown, oh my god, you know, for WrestleMania. And it's like, okay, fine, fine. Or they could just have it with like, do you think they're probably just gonna have him go for the WWE title and just. Have it part of Edge and Orton? I
2: don't think you know. It's hard to really say, yeah. and uh, it's like the the time between SummerSlam and Survivor Series is always tricky because it's like you, you don't really quite know what they're gonna do. And uh, I don't even know how this the future is gonna play out with SummerSlam. Uh, maybe there'll be one or two reveals. That's what people seem to be talking about these days.
1: They're dubbing so, it. They're dubbing uh, it the. You'll never see it. The Summerslam. You'll never see it coming, which is kinda and, like
2: I a, can, and again, I kind of, I, I kinda wow. like the, uh, the tagline. Uh, I think it, it, giving the show a, a novelty kind of theme to it will help people remember what it is. Like Backlash was greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, horror show. Two moves. Like uh, uh, I, I, I miss that kind of thing. I, I remember WCW's used that way back when. Uh, they had good tag. Yeah. Yeah, give, give a show a tagline and, exactly. and, and, you know, give them a prime reason to tune in, yeah. but then when the show's over, long after it's over, you just say two words and you kind of already remember what happened with the show. It's a genius right.
1: right. I'm kind of happy
2: out there trying to embrace it a
1: little bit.
2: That's right. This tag, not a fan of though.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, if you see NXT TakeOver, NXT TakeOver has done that for a while, where it's kind of like, you know, it's not just NXT TakeOver 1, 2, 3, where like, UFC does it. It's kind of like, you know, NXT Takeover Portland. You know, they have a location. Right. They might take yeah. more games. Yeah. The End. The, you know, Fatal Four Way. Or, you know, they have a, a yeah, theme they, to
0: it. 90% of the takeovers had a name with it. Yeah. Takeover. Takeover Our Revolution. Yeah. Takeover In Your House. Takeover Portland. Takeover Chicago. Like, yeah. there's always a name, a fil- There was 90% of the time there was a name affiliated
1: with the show. Yeah. I mean, if SummerSlam, I mean, if they go down this route, where it's like maybe Survivor Series might have a name, you know, all stuff, the big four, even better. Fine, you know, it works best, you know. But then also, but, yeah, it comes back to what they sent it. because I have a feeling it's just going to be the triple brand again.
2: Yeah. I think it's going to be broad versus SmackDown versus NXT. Well, yeah, you can't do it one year and then be like, oh, yeah, bro, we're going to go back to two brands. That, that would be a total cop out.
1: Yeah. I think everybody's yeah, looking to forward to that. Awesome. If, they, if they build this up to the point where it's like that, might as well.
0: There are potential great matches that they could have with champions.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, just say Cross wins tonight, Grey wins tomorrow, and just. just Say Drew beats Orton, which I don't think happened. If you want to throw a fourth person in there and with Walter, you have Drew versus Walter versus Carrion Cross versus Bray
1: Wyatt. You basically have a monsters a monster what they call to call it back in TNA. <laughs> monster's ball. ball Yeah, basically a monsters ball.
0: Like if you want to do a women's one, just say Sasha and Bailey both retain. You have Sasha versus Bailey. I think Dakota Kai is going to win. And you have Kaylee Ray from UK. Great match right there. Then you have the tag team titles. Great four-way match also. So if they want to incorporate all four brands, but put NXT UK
2: with NXT, so that's one brand, but have four competitors, I think it's great. Uh, unless it has a 2020 twist and they do enough retribution reveals to have them be the fourth brand, yeah, could, I, I
1: feel, like, yeah, I feel like it's gonna be somewhere where it's like you know, like Ministry of Dark, yeah, it might be like the Ministry of Darkness reveal where it's like you know, retribution comes out, you know, one of them has a hood over them. It's like we got the main guy here, and then next thing you know, pops it off, and then it's Triple H, and he's like, hey, it was me, Rents. it was me all along. Oh, sorry to interrupt you guys. We might get in trouble for this, but I'm gonna
0: do a little reveal. Since AW just started,
2: mm-hmm.
0: FTR now has a manager. And that manager is Tully Blanchard. So I can see the start of a new four
1: horsemen. Bring on Anderson in there, and that's it. You got
0: that. Uh, it's going to be FTR, Sean Spears, and I don't know who the fourth person will be.
1: We'll have to see. I mean, yeah. It's, again, one of those things where it's like there's a lot of this stuff going on. I I mean, I do respect one thing that AEW is doing. They're allowing, you know, other talents that that have been there, like the Taz, Vicky Guerrero, Jake the Snake Roberts, all the legends that they got, they actually have a role. It's not just them just, okay, let's just do, like, a small segment or something. They're actually part of the company, you know. The other
2: thing is I feel like Vicky's bringing down, uh, I almost said Nia Jax. I feel like she's bringing down Nyla Nyla Rose because... she was already kind of good
1: on her own. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll probably do a section of that. But then I think it's. Adding like,
2: manager Karen didn't really do anything much for
1: me. Yeah. It didn't really do much for Nylon, like, yeah, in that sense. But I think it's kind of like, you know, like if you see, like, Jake the Snake and uh, Vance, like, you know, Vance Archer, who, you know, Lance Archer is right now, right? Basically, that's, like, I think that's great. Like, you know, they have Jake the Snake, hell of a technician, hell of a promo, you know, wizard, leaving this guy. And on top of the fact, you know, on Storyline, he's doing something. And then on Kayfabe, he's also doing another thing. He's involved. So that's great, you know?
0: Personal opinion, I think the best manager in AEW right now, manager to wrestler wise,
1: is Taz with Brian Cage and Ricky Collins. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that
2: I agree with. I think Taz has kind of uh, found his old self, so to speak. Yeah. Because for so many years, he was seated at that announce table that he kind of uh, lost his uh, edge a little bit, and uh, coming back into AEW, like, he picked up his mic skills as if he dropped him on the floor And he has a young talent with Ricky
0: Starks to the build, and he has Brian Cage, who's already established, but could only get better.
2: Yeah. It's like you forget how good Taz could be on the mic. Yes, Why not yeah, use sure. that to, to build the future? The hell? That's true.
0: Well, that said, we're uh, sign off. We're going to let you guys enjoy watching TakeOver and SummerSlam. And if you guys watch AEW, enjoy all three shows because this is a great weekend for wrestling fans.
2: It's not a great weekend for
0: baseball fans. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially if you're a fan, you had uh, Yankees versus Mets, which got canceled because Mets staff and players came down with COVID.
1: Talk, man,
0: always something. Yeah, it's always something with the Mets. Always
1: man.
0: That's why our side is always better.
2: Yeah.
0: So, with that being said, we'll let Nick do his outro to. Just reiterate what he said earlier about his two electronic babies. Yes. Uh, so for those of you surfing the
2: interweb and you like wrestling and you want to read about it because it's fun, uh, you can check out prowrestlingopinion.com. Uh, got a whole bunch of reviews, a whole bunch of little nuggets. Um, if you're into Our podcast, which if you're listening this far in, I would think you are. Uh, You can feel free to listen to any of our past episodes. So We're known for doing themed episodes, Rise and Fall, WCW, TNA, Uh, EPW. I think we even did WWE. Uh, We've done everything we could possibly do, and there'll be plenty more coming. Uh, and then if you want to explore the music side, uh, you can go on, hop on over to themusicpeople.com, your avenue for up-and-coming artists in all genres of music. Well, I don't see how anybody could lose wit with this situation.
1: Definitely. I mean, this, you know, again, as, as uh, Nick said it, we're also on PWO. We have a lot of other episodes. We also have an new intro, which you can check out on YouTube, but also it's on all of the other platforms as well. Um, we're also on again Anchor. We're on uh, Spotify, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. We're probably on every single platform that is out there. The iHeart Radio network, radio network, and a whole lot more. Um, also, you can check out the Instagram page, which is run by Rich. Uh, of course, you know a lot of good content there. A lot of different things that we're doing there. So definitely check that out. Uh, but nonetheless, see you on Wrestling Podcast. See you guys out. See you guys. Adios. See you, see you.